This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Here we are on the very last day of GRL, and boy, have we been busy. Yes, indeed, we have. <laughs> Uh, you may have seen earlier on our Facebook page, we did a live stream of the Rockstar Reader event where we got to talk to a lot of readers uh, who took the opportunity to tell us about some of their favorite authors and books from the folks who were coming to that event. So that was a fun thing. You can check that out there. Uh, we also talked to quite a number of people today. So this bonus episode will have interviews from Chris Jason. We've also got Lucy Lennox alongside Michael Pauley. We've got Poppy Dennison, who reveals her new alter ego as Macy Blake. Plus, we've got Marky Mazzy not only talking to us about the Top to Bottom podcast, but also her author alter, alter ego of Maz Maddox. So, shall we get going with all this stuff? I think that sounds like a great idea. So, I'm joined by Chris Jason for this podcast bonus moment from GRL. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I hope you're having a good time. So far, so good. It's been a really good con so far. How about for you? I am having a fabulous con. Excellent. So we wanted to talk to you because not only do we like your For Me series, which we will we'll come back to in a moment, but we also found out you've done an interesting shifter series here, and we really wanted to know about it because you stumped us on what the shifter might be. So tell us what you've created here. So today, my first shifter story comes out. It's a short story, and it's called Loving Locke. And it is a shifter that no one has ever seen before because I turned the Loch Ness Monster into a shifter. So what was the, the kind of inspiration to take the Loch Ness Monster whole, you know, mythology and turn that into a shifter story? Well, um, MLR put out a call a few months ago for bucket stories. And so what's on your bucket list? And that it all started from there. And my main character that is not the shifter is a CPA. And after his during tax season his assistant finds this list from college and she books him on a trip to go find the Loch Ness Monster so and really how has no one ever found anything about the Loch Ness Monster so why couldn't he be a shifter that is so awesome it sounds like it must have been a ton of fun to write it was super fun because I had this whole play because the CPA didn't know anything about them being shifters. So the, the other main character that is the, the shifter has two nephews and they call him, they call them the little monsters. And I had his grandfather in the story who they tell him that, you know, he, he has dementia and he's losing his mind. So he's sitting there talking about how he can't take a swim anymore without someone trying to photograph him. And the character, the main, the CPA is thinking, okay, they've gone a little bit far with this whole myth thing. So I did have a lot of fun with it. That is amazing. And it sounds like it's the perfect Halloween story as well. And, well, when you look at shifters, you always see the vampire, you know, the vampires and the wolves and the, you know, cat shifters and whatever. And why not have a different kind of shifter? And I think you've cornered the market, I'm sure, on I this so. type of shifter. I, I don't know of anyone else that's writing the Loch Ness Monster as a shifter. And hopefully it, you get to keep the market cornered on that because, you know, be unique there. Yeah. So the For Me series, I, of course, adored Wait For Me when it came out. I uh, feel like that was like late last year. It was November, November of 2017, so almost a year ago. 
And you've got a few more books out in that series now. I do. I have three more books. Book two is called Explore With Me, or yeah, Explore With Me. And it starts off with a first sergeant that's thinking about retiring, and he's on a, on the balcony at Lafitte's in New Orleans and saves a twink from being beaten up and gets knocked over the balcony and has to go to the emergency room. God. He falls from the balcony, <laughs> and um, and that's how the whole story starts. And it, it's all about what happens to a soldier when he's not a soldier anymore. Then book two, or book three, is Learn With Me, and it follows the twink that tried to get beaten up is the lead in book three. And it's set in and around Arlington National Cemetery, and I deal with the traditions of how do we respect those that have gone. And there's a full military burial in it. And then book four, which just came out in August, is called Challenge Me. And the two lead characters in that, one of them has lost part of his leg to a accident in theater or in combat. And his lover, so he's trying to get used to not having part of his leg again and all of those physical characteristics. And his lover goes to ranger school. So he's doing with all of those physical challenges at the same time. Oh, my goodness. Such a, such powerful stories you tell here a little bit i try um because i've found that a lot of people really don't understand what the soldiers go through what do the families go through you know what are the traditions that are in the army and and all that it entails so i'm having fun exploring that i have two more books planned in the series and then i think it'll be done when do we see book five book five will be out in january of 2019 Perfect. And where can people keep up with you online to make sure they're following everything you're doing? Okay, so you can follow me on Facebook, um, Chris Jason. There's also a Chris Jason author page that is just announcements and such on Facebook. My website is www.chrisjason.com, and I'm always around on the MLR pages. Fantastic. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we hope you have a good rest of the GRL. Thanks for having me, and I hope you have a great time, too. We have Lucy Lennox and Michael Pauly mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Um, Meeting Author. in real life for the first time. For the actually. first time. Really? This, yeah. this trip, yep. <laughs> you guys have done so many books together. We've worked yeah. together for almost two years. I assume there's been at least Skype meetings. No. 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 We did talk no. on the phone once. Yeah. Yeah. But it's mostly, it's a lot of Facebook Messenger in yeah. the middle of the day, like, what's going on with this part? And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Or about other things that have nothing to do with the books. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, I mean, that leads very nicely into how did the collaboration get going back with, I assume it was the first Marion book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, I think, but audio is a, is a big, big hot button for me. I love audio. I've always been a listener. And so I knew that if, as soon as, as soon as I put out books that could, that were successful enough that I could justify doing audio, I would do it. So very quickly after Borrowing Blue did well enough, I wanted to get right into it. So I put it up on ACX for auditions and um, and asked a few of the narrators that I happen to know off the top of my head to send in auditions. And I get an audition from this guy with, that was unsolicited. But I knew I'd listened to an audio of his before, but I just did, hadn't remembered like right off the top. But I mean, he nailed the audition. And so then I was like, okay, do I hire the narrator who has the name that I went into this thinking, you know, yeah, this is like a dream narrator for me. Or do I hire the guy who actually nailed the audition? And so, I mean, I went back and forth with my family and everything. Which, and by the way, is how the acting business works. Yeah. And sometimes it goes, like, yeah. to the person that nailed the audition, and sometimes it goes to the person that they just had in their head anyways, yeah. and they it's all over the place from everything, like movies, TVs. It's all, 
You just never know why casting happens, and yeah. it's always what yeah. the instinct decides to be. And there's no right or wrong to that. Yeah. It just is what happens. And we've done 17 projects so far together, and I still remember the exact scene that he read and the exact way it sounded in his audition and the exact like reaction. It just it, it still brings a smile to my face because it, it, he just nailed it, nailed it. So what then, scene, what scene was it? So in Borrowing Blue, there's a scene where um, Blue comes running out of the vineyard, and why I can't. He comes running out of the um, rehearsal dinner that's in the barrel room, and then Tristan comes running out after him, and Blue's like um, thinks he's coming out for his dog. Piper's over here. She's fine. She's right here. He says, "No, I wasn't coming after the dog. I was coming after you." And so it has Blue and it has Tristan, and I think there's another character in the scene too. So that and the reason I picked it is because it had several I different voices. Piper maybe was Piper's the dog. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Sloan. Oh, S- Simone, Simone. 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 I'm sorry. Simone. Oh, that's so he was maybe. Th- this happens. Ginger like, and the Pete. Names yeah, go crazy. Ginger and Pete. I think were the ones walking to the to the vineyard to the to the whatever the place where the hotel rooms are. <laughs> The, yeah, lodge, there was the a, lodge. There was definitely a female character in that scene too. That's why I, I okay. remember doing then it was a female ginger. character. It was probably yeah, ginger. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I and I mean I I listened to it over and over and over again. Um, but then once we started working together on that, um, it just very quickly became like so easy, so right, so perfect for the combination of his voice acting and my words. I couldn't really imagine other people doing it, you know, and and obviously just to stick with the same narrator for that series because those are all the same characters and you always and like in the thing now like he can he could read something in Blue's voice and like that's Blue's voice, so he can, you know, I'm on book so it, like there's eight now there's sort of nine Marion books and he still when he narrates Blue's voice is Blue's voice, so it's really that's really impressive to me. And um, so when it got to the point that I started going into the Forever Wild series, it, there was no doubt for me that I still wanted to use him for the narration because it was just so successful. Um, and there was crossovers. Yeah, and it was a spinoff out. anyway because it was yeah. Nico's book. Yeah, but but I did have some books planned that were going to have some accents. Mm-hmm. But because I know I want his narration, I would rather write the book differently so that he can narrate it then write it the way that I might normally want to write it, but then he might not be able to nail the narration. So so that's actually why Charlie in, in Hudson's Luck is Irish instead of English, because I wanted him, like he does she asked, Irish. She asked what my strong suit was, yeah. and I was like, well, you're asking. Yeah. I could, do, I could do good Irish. I could do like five different Irish dialects. Yeah. I loved the Irish in that book, and yeah. she made you sing a little bit too. <laughs> little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's little right. Bit. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's same with Felix and the Prince. So Felix and the Prince, how am I supposed to ask him to do, okay, well, here's this guy who's from Monaco. His mother's, you know, he's like a native French speaker and like all these variations. So I, ha- I deliberately had Felix's mom be American just so that we had a little bit more leeway to not have the accent work take over the narration so that the story still comes out and it's not all about the accent but then on the Hudson's we definitely went in all about the accent yeah how's it been for you getting involved in now two long-running series not even to mention the crossovers with Sloan yeah you know it's um there there's like there's both sides to it on the one side like a standalone book comes to you and you're just it's a clean slate you can pull out anything you want to do uh, 
which has a challenge because you're creating you're, you're creating an entire new vocal world. So that's a challenge. But there's also that complete liberation and freedom. Uh, so those are the, the, the pros and cons to a standalone. With a series, uh, you can just flip that. You know, so you've, you've already, after that first book, you already have that common language that you've created for yourself, that vocal world. The same way that you're creating a universe mm-hmm. um, through, through the words, you're creating a universe through sound when you're doing the audios. Yeah. And you need to be consistent with that throughout. So there is that sense of like, okay, well, I already know who all these characters are. So it takes some of that planning, that preparation work. Well, we're picking up where we left off. So that makes it a little bit easier. But then it becomes harder because then you have to honor that. You have to have that consistency. And the world just keeps growing. (laughs) And so, you know, you're sitting there, uh, you know, several books later and you're like, okay, if you had to remember all of these pieces, you know. um, And then as a a narrator, I'm also bouncing around with different authors that I work with. So it might be, you know, I am in Lucy's world and then three months later is when I come back to it. And in the meantime, I've been in all these other worlds. I do... I do some science fiction books where you're literally in different worlds, you know? Um, so you're flying all over the place, um, and then you have to come back and make sure that you're consistent, and that's the big challenge there. So while some of the the prep work is easier, it's that consistency that becomes the challenge in that case. Now, I know authors tend to keep character sheets, so I, I can envision that you've got either spreadsheets or something like this is blue. This is I have Leslie. Felix. It's kind of the same thing, but this yeah. Is, you know, you have all this information. Do you keep something handy to go? Well, this is this is how blue sounds, and this is blues. Well, I definitely go. I have all of the books. I have all the books I've narrated um, on storage hard drives, which they just keep building up. And <laughs> so that's the challenge. I'm like, okay, hard drive number three has, you know. So I, as I go back in uh, before I start rec- recording, there is that process of checking in, going back into, okay, how did this sound? And sometimes, you know, a lot of times with actors, like sometimes a character just lives in you and it's that's, effortless. Yeah, that's you know, so, so sometimes, yeah. sometimes I just, like, that's that guy. I know it. And then other times I'm like, who, okay, where in my voice registered did Teddy really live I think I know but I really need to like listen to hear it you know so it's it's um different for different characters as well like Aunt Tilly is just like I don't have to look that up it's just like <laughs> it's, you know it's right there it just blah it comes out you know so you kind of mentioned Tilly there are there other ones that live in you that are just like boom Blue usually uh doesn't have to I don't have to look him up he's sort of comes out really Blue and Tristan both of them just sort of come right out and also they were the first in the series so I think that that's part of that too because it's just like boom you nailed it and then as you're building off of that and actually Nico I never have to look up yeah really Nico just he just comes right out yeah (laughs) I love that I love that (laughs) (laughs) and it's you know what is part of it too is um it's personal favorites. Like, like I love yeah. that Nico sound. He's actually uh, based on a friend of mine. I never yeah. told you this, but you know we do this too. But I have this friend, this guy that I used to work with, Richie Militech. And so Nico isn't as yeah like this guy uh, Richie was, but Richie was this guy that sort of talked like this. Guys, what's going on? You know. And I sort of like just softened that to make him uh, Nico. But it, so it like comes out really quickly. It's really like, yeah, really easy cool. to find. Yeah. Do you find that you hear? Michael now when you write these characters because it's so ingrained? I do, like, when I'm writing, because when I'm writing, obviously he hasn't narrated it yet. They're new words with new characters. Well, some new characters. But I definitely anticipate how he's going to say things and I tease him about this all the time, but I I have been known to to put certain phrases in books because I like the way he says it. Um, But I, I, 
I do hear it in his voice, but also like I'm, I'm way more conscious now of writing, taking into consideration the narration than I used to be. So there are scenes where I want to put every single Marion in, you know, at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And then I'm like, he's going to kill me. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, they're all still at the table, she gets, but she gets only to a do, few people. She gets to do that like once a year. Yeah, exactly. And I don't lose it. <laughs> the second time in the year she does it, I'm like, yeah. That's when the Facebook app opens up and yeah. I'm like, what are you doing to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every exactly. single person you've ever written is in this scene. Yeah. 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 And then you get the moment where there's the, the Lucy and Sloan cross mm-hmm. that happens. I was there was a narrator panel earlier today and somebody asked the question of do you ever worry about characters even with different authors who sound the same? And the answer they presented there was there are people who just sound the same. Mm-hmm. Was that an issue as you were working between Sloan and Lucy's world where there were people who did sound too close to each other? So one thing, and I actually have talked to other authors about this, because sometimes an author will come to me when we're doing the first, um, first, first looks on a book where I've recorded a little bit for them, and they'll say, you know, I really want it to sound like this or this, or sometimes I'll even say, like, can you make it sound like so-and-so from this other book? And I will say no, because <laughs> that's taken. That's like you know asking to use uh, the same cover, you know. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I'll talk to them about is what I'm doing. You know, I have my schedule somewhat planned out, so I know I know Lucy's writing this. I know Sloane's writing this. I know another author's coming to me with something, and so I have an idea. I mean, I don't always know what the characters are going to be in some of these books, but I have an idea sometimes. And what I tell uh, some of the authors that I work with is not only am I plotting your book when I'm doing my prep but I'm plotting all of the things on my schedule within like a two or three month period and trying my best to make all the new characters that I'm creating live somewhere differently as best as I can Mm -hmm. and sometimes they might sound similar right but what's happening for me when I'm performing internally is unique and that in itself even if you're talking about pitch I mean there's only so many so many things you could do pinch tempo rhythm there's only so many ways you can change your voice. So on a, on a purely like sound frequency level, things may sound similarly, but my hope is that the internal work that I've done makes it different. Mm-hmm. And that's how I approach that. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry so much. I get an idea like, I mean, how many times, how many different low voice like <laughs> guys can you do? You know, like there's only so many ways I can make my voice low. So what has to change after I find that place in my voice is what's here and what's here mm-hmm. you know and that's that's how I work with that mm-hmm. is there a particular thing that is kind of your jam for a character like I try and ask him that all the time I'm like <laughs> well, if you could special order me to write anything that you would love to narrate what would it be so uh it's it's actually it comes from the, the male female books that I've done is LJ Shen's book Sparrow was uh like a south Boston Southie, um, like Maki Maxa, like that sort of world. Um, and it was sort of that dark mafia place. Uh, and so I really like, I live well in that where area. Natasha Knight, uh, also male, male, female, she writes in that, that, that sort of place. Um, so I really kind of like thrive when I get to sink into that. And it's probably just sort of my like blue collar growing up in <laughs> Chicago, like watching, I, I grew up in an Italian neighborhood in Chicago. I'm a little Italian. So I think that that's where like sort of that mafia stuff comes out, you know. So, like those kind of those those darker characters, which Sloane writes. Yeah, too, I was gonna you know? say you're not getting that. She writes me. that. <laughs> yeah. But the, but but I I mean I, 
you just asked like a favorite thing. That doesn't yeah. mean I don't love everything else. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Now, before we wrap up, here at GRL, you guys revealed the cover for the upcoming Heart to Heart anthology that's going to come out November 13th. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, who's in that and uh, what's what's happening with that second installment of the anthology. Okay. So the first time we did Heart to Heart, which I talked to you guys about, um, we um, this is a volume of short stories, all gay romance authors putting out short stories for uh, benefiting three different charities that benefit LGBT causes. And we raised over $20,000 with the first volume. It was really a success, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So um, Leslie Copeland is in charge of the project, so she came up with another idea for the second round. And we have several new authors in the mix this time, so kind of rotating around a little bit. And um, it's a little bit of a different setup, but all of the ideas were the same as with the first volume, submitted by readers. And then the author gets to sort of look through the list of ideas that the reader submitted and pick what inspires them to write their story. And so we all, you know, have different characters and different uh, date locations around the world. Um, and so we were, we've all written our stories. They're all turned in. They're in the editing phase. And the book comes out November 13th. And this time it benefits three different charities from before. Um, one is Rainbow Railroad, which, you know, works with... Uh, people who are trying to escape Chechnya and Russia. Um, it's an international organization, which we're really excited about. Um, the second is the Ali Forney, am I saying that right? Yes. Forney Center in New York. And the third is, which works with LGBT youth. And the third is a transgender hotline. Um, so we're, we're really excited to, you know, we're, we still, we all sort of agreed with having three different charities. We wanted to make sure at least one of them really benefited youth. But this time we wanted to be able to reach an international organization as well as an organization that specifically helps transgender issues. So we're really excited about those uh, new charities that, that, you know, the project is benefiting. And the book will be on sale November 13th for 90 days only. It's a limited run, and it will be on Amazon and NKU, also available in paperback. Um, A lot of people have been here this week at GRL bringing them around to have us sign the paperback, so that's been lots of fun. Yeah, I never realized how big those paperbacks were. It was a a 600 and something page, yeah, which is a great, I'm not as big of a paperback reader anymore, but this is a great one to own because it, you can just flip through and read like a short whenever you're in the mood for it, and you know, it's not as easy on an e-reader to flip through a 600 page, you know, I guess you could click the chapters, but... But yeah, it's it's really it's really cool, and it's a beautiful cover. Angsty G, all of the um, vendor side stuff gets donated. Um, so Angsty G volunteered her time to design the cover, which we revealed this week. It's a beautiful cover. Um, the editors and proofers volunteer their time, um, and we have had lots of actual media coverage and bloggers. Oh, here we go. Here's the here's the cover. Um, yeah. So um, and and if you when we. When we put this online, too, you'll be able to see the, the new um, authors who are involved, like R.G. Alexander, she's new this time, Alexa Land. So we have quite a few. Uh, Amy Nicole Walker is new this, this round. So we're really excited about it. Um, again, November 13th. Limited runs. So you got to get it while it's there. Um, and then I know that Leslie already, already has the concept for round three, so it's going to keep going. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then what's coming up next for you, Lucy, and what website can people follow you at? Um, LucyLennox.com and what's coming up for me is a book called His Saint which comes after Hudson's Luck in the Forever Wild series 
and um, it's not quite finished yet, but it's supposed to come out October 30th or November 5th. <laughs> and if you'd like to place bets on which one of those, I would suggest you go with November 5th. Yeah, I would um, agree with that, given our conversation <laughs> earlier about your edits. Um, yes. and, uh, and then this guy will be turning it around in audio. He, he does a great job of, of doing that very fast. <laughs> and um, so usually it's been less than a month, usually. Yeah, we, yeah, we aim for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hudson's luck came out. I really always say quick, a month. I yeah, I always say a month, just more to give Mike a chance to you know yeah. do his thing. And what's dropping next for you, and what website can people follow you at? It's hard for me to know um, because I finish a book and I send it out, and I don't know how long it's going to take Amazon to process it out. True. Sometimes they, I, I finish a book and send it in, and it's a day, and sometimes it's three <laughs> weeks, and the authors are like calling me like, why isn't it live yet, you know? Um, but I did just finish up the next book for Pandora Pine um, on my end and got it into Amazon. So... Uh, We'll see how long you know, when it drops. Uh, so that's the next thing that I know will come out release-wise. Okay. In the booth, I'm about to go uh, record the next uh, new book for Sloan, new release. Because I've been doing her working with her to get her um, back catalog into audio for her. Mm-hmm. So we, we're kind of like going back and forth. So when she gets a new release, we always make, make sure we get that uh, to the front of the line. So that's the next one that's coming up. I think it's... I think it's book three in yeah, her Pelican, Pelican Bay. Bay. It's mm-hmm. book three, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that the truth within. Yeah. So that'll be the next thing that I'm going to go in the booth and record uh, after I get back from GRL and sleep for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, and then um, the best way to find me is really just to go onto Audible and do do, do my name search okay. in there. I do have um, MichaelPauly.info as a website, which kind of covers the expanse of me being an actor in lots of different things. So people can get go check that out as well. Lucy, Michael, thank you so much for hanging out with us for Thank you for having us. Very happy to welcome back Poppy Dennison for what might be the fourth or something appearance on the show so far. So many times. So many times. But it's a little different this time. Uh, Very much like when we had Brandon Witt on a few weeks ago for a revelation of an an alter ego, if you will. Uh, At GRL, Poppy revealed herself to be Macy Blake. I did. Which is exciting. Where did Macy come from and what does Macy write? Well, Macy writes paranormal romance. Um, It's a little steamier than some of my readers might expect, which is why I came up with the name Macy. Um, But this series is actually something I've been working on for about three years. Uh, Some of my readers know I'm a giant mythology geek, and so this series has been something I've really been working on, but the heat level sort of just got away from me a little bit. And I started having a whole lot of fun with that. So I felt like it deserved its its own name to sort of have its own recognition. So uh, the, the first series is The Chosen One. And the book, books out right now are All or Nothing and Nothing Ventured. And then the prequel, which is Sweet Nothings. And then my new series, which is The Hellhounds, is coming out. It's up for pre-order right now. Probably will be out by the time this episode airs. So it's Hell on Earth, which is my Hellhound Omega series. Um, so yeah, it's just been a lot of fun having having fun with Macy and paranormal creatures and new adventures. What's the, what are the chosen What's the chosen series about? The chosen series is about a human um, who gets pulled into the paranormal world. He finds out that his best friend is a dragon. They've been they've known each other for years, and he had no idea. Then he finds out that the guys that just moved in across the street are also paranormal creatures. 
and he immediately gets sucked into the danger. Um, they are looking for the chosen one, and the, the guys that are there, including his best friend, are actually the guardians of the chosen one. So they're on the hunt for this mysterious person, and they can't find him until all the guardians are gathered. So that's what we're working on, is gathering all of the guardians for the chosen one. And Sawyer, who is my human character, kind of gets pulled into all the world and all the danger and mystery and adventure that that you know, brings with it. And he also might have a thing for not one, not two, but all of the guardians that he's met so far. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's very, it's very steamy. Yes, yes. It is a poly romance. And I have called it a harem romance because the chosen one is sort of the leader of this group. And, and that's sort of part of that labeling. But um, a lot of my readers have said, you know, this reads as a poly romance all of the guys love each other. There, there's not like one person who's sort of in charge of the romance or anything like that. So, you know, a poly romance with multiple uh, dragons, vampires, shifters. And as you find each of these guardians, 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 <laughs> guardians, is that just each book a new guardian gets introduced into? Yes. The, so the first book we meet um, the first four guardians. So we've got Draco the dragon, Andvari the vampire, Edward the griffin, and Henry who is a mage. And so then each book after that we meet more of the guardians and find out what their role is in the world. But there's goddesses, there's hellhounds, there's all sorts of like mischief and adventure going on. So it's... I guess then the, in each book, the harem kind of grows a yes, little bit yes. more. Yes, yes. As the chosen ones, uh, as we find more of the guardians on the search for the chosen one, it does get bigger. The circle gets bigger. The plan is, is that there's a total of eight guardians for the chosen one, and there's two from each of the elemental magic. So you've got two fire, you know, so the dragon and the griffin are from fire, and then you've got air, water, and earth. I almost forgot the fourth one, earth. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes a total of eight. It seems like you've had a great time building the world and writing the books. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, and I think that's the thing. You know, I've told uh, folks before, my first major in college was Latin, Greek, and ancient history. Giant history nerd, giant mythology nerd. I've loved that stuff my whole life. So when I was started cooking up this idea for the new book, um, I started wanting to pull in all of the different mythologies. So it's not just Greek mythology. There's Norse mythology. There's, you know, Celtic mythology. There's Native American mythologies. It's really like all pulled in. I pulled all of my favorite bits and sort of made it work so that it was a world mythology that made sense to me in, in this universe. And so I'm having a blast with it. These are all those random things that I've picked up over the years that... I didn't quite have a way to put it into a different another one of my series, and I've been able to put it in in this in this book and have a lot of fun with it. Did you plot all eight out so you kind of knew where you were going along the way, or is right. there still some? Well, technically, in there's your... only going to be five because I introduced four in the first book, right? So there's it's a five book series. There's actually twelve books plotted in this universe. I'm actually calling it Macy's Megaverse right now because I'm that I, I'm that big of a geek. Nice. But, but you've got the spinoff series with the Hellhounds, which I, I mentioned earlier. Um, you've got a prequel series that just started with Sweet Nothings in September. So Sweet Nothings is when my mage character was a little boy 
And so I'm going to have the antics of him as a child, so up to the point where he becomes a guardian. So we'll get to see another little spinoff world of all the antics of, of shifter children. Um, I have a werewolf bodyguard series that's emerged from this world and a coven series that's emerged from this world. So there's big plans like for the next two years in this universe, but it'll be different series. So readers can really start anywhere and then sort of pick up the plot line. You've... You're, you're set to become a movie series with your whole Macy Megaverse going <laughs> You know, on. I don't know about movie, but, you know, that would be awesome. But I'm pretty sure the harem aspect might trip them up a little bit, you know. You never know. Yeah, Netflix. You know, Netflix. There we go. There we go, Netflix. You know, they did Sense8. So, you know. Yes. Yeah, right? Maybe. We'll see. Now, tell us a little bit more about the Hellhounds and when does that actually start to drop? It people? actually is up for pre-order now. It drops on Tuesday. I don't know what, the 23rd? That sounds about yes. right, maybe. Next Tuesday, for those of you watching this, when it drops today on Saturday. Okay, this will go up today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be on Tuesday. It is already up on Amazon for pre-order now, and it is in KU for your KU readers. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, how did you get the name Macy Blake? What was your origin to take that pin name? Well, you know, it was really funny because initially when I started this, my intention was to release these books as Poppy. And, but like I said, the heat level just sort of got away from me. And it really just felt like it was off brand. I mean, you look at the Jefferson Lee books with the Holly Creek, definitely not, you know, a five sum and, and all of that entails. <laughs> you know, it just didn't feel like it was the right fit. So one of my favorite um, Polly sort of series was written by Laurel K. Hamilton. And the main character in that book was Anita Blake. And I really loved Anita Blake and I loved that universe. And so I sort of, as in, you know, a little. Little, little little tease, I, I use the last name Blake, and Macy's just always been one of my favorite names, so I was like, there we go, it sounded good together, so Macy Blake it was. That's fantastic. Yeah, no big secret to it, funnily enough. Normally I have like all sorts of like inspiration, <laughs> or there's some sort of, you know, dream sequence, but no, just, I liked it. And this was Macy's debut, mm -hmm, public GRL. debut public here debut at GRL. At GRL. How, how did it go? I think it's gone really well. I think um, a lot of my readers were really surprised. But then when I explained the heat level difference, they were like, oh, right, yeah. No, that's a lot hotter than your other books. <laughs> and it was, it was intentional. You know, Poppy writes really sweet books, and I still love those, and I'll continue writing sweet romances as Poppy. But I also wanted to be able to sort of experiment a little bit with that heat level. And so, you know, and those books will fall under the Macy umbrella. Excellent. Well, all right. Poppy, thank you so much. Or, or Macy. Yes, both. Poppy slash Macy. Pacey. Pacey. I got given myself a know. nickname already. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out You're with welcome. us for a few minutes. Thanks so much for having me. Bye, everybody. I wish you guys were all here, too. Very happy to welcome Marky Massey to the show. One half of Top to Bottom Podcast. So a fellow podcaster, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy anniversary. Thank you so much. You've had your podcast anniversary with your top episode for October. Mm -hmm. How's it feel podcasting for a year? It's actually funny. We didn't realize it was our year anniversary until we were actually <laughs> recording the episode. Um, Jess, who's the other co-host, um, while we were recording Hi, Jess. It, Hi, Jess. Uh, she was like, dude, this is our year anniversary. I was like, oh my God, is it really? Like, we totally forgot. So it, uh, this year's flown by. It's been a lot of fun. What's been your most surprising thing? in the last year of podcasting? Um, 
the willingness of amazing authors to actually take the time to talk to us because I always assumed that they'd be too busy or they had a lot on the docket already and most of the people we've reached out with have been like yeah sure just tell me the date I'm like are you sure like really <laughs> you're not too busy for us <laughs> so it's it's been pretty cool what would you say is your favorite book that you've done in the book club Man, over the year that's rough because they've all been really good um but i'll probably say we did a raven song for one of our months so i don't remember which one um and that one was rough because the wolf song was amazing but it had ripped out my heart and right. threw it on the ground and stomped on it so there was a lot of anxiety building up to because we, we figured out we wanted to do that one pretty early and i told jess that she had to read it in a, like a little bit in advance before we i picked it up so i was like <laughs> you have to tell me if i'm like <laughs> emotionally prepared for this um, so that was probably my favorite one just because we we both just attached to it so much but I mean everything that we've read so far this year has been really amazing so that's a tough question one of the great things I like about your, your show too is that you have like the book club feel to it like mm -hmm. here's our book mm -hmm. to talk about for the month yeah um, how's that kind of aspect of it been playing out over the year as more and more people find you it's been a lot of fun because we get a lot of people recommending stuff to read. So stuff that we hadn't heard about or that had been on the to read pile forever. They'll talk about like the elements that they like about it and recommend it. So getting that interaction with people is a lot of fun. And then, of course, on our Goodreads, we'll have people jump into our threads and talk about how certain books felt a certain way or parts that they really liked. And connecting with other readers in the romance genre is always fun because it's like making friends. So, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now let's 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 plug the bottom episode, which is coming up for October. Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be probably October 29th, if I'm thinking right, that the last right. Monday of the month. That's right. And this month you are reading. Uh, we're reading uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda, and we're also watching Love Simon. So, um, and we've we finished the book and the movie, and we rambled about it for about 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, it was great, and we actually. Our bar was set pretty high because you guys had read it and loved it. And I know that you guys went and saw it in theaters like three times or something. Yep. So we were pretty excited to finally get to it because it's been out forever. So. so if you guys haven't read Simon yet, and, and shame on you if you haven't. Yeah, right. Um, think about getting it read and then joining them on their bottom episode on October 29th to hear what they have to say about it. And, and join them in their Facebook group as well. Now, how's GRL been? This is your second one. Yes. It has been a lot of fun. I came in kind of late. I got here yesterday. It's today's Saturday. I came in Friday at like four o'clock. So I missed a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, so yesterday I ran around like a chick with my head cut off, just trying to <laughs> find everybody and be like, hi, how's it going? And then today uh, was the big signing, which was a lot of fun. So I finally got to say hi to everyone and buy way too many books to travel back to Dallas with. Um, but it's, it's a blast. I'm meeting new people. I got to meet you guys again in person, which is cool. Yeah, Cause so, somehow last year we just, ghosted right past each other. I don't know. Yeah. So, it's yeah. easy when there's so many people just running around everywhere. Exactly. Now, you also became an author this year. I did. Uh, your pen name is Masmatics. That's right. And you've got the Stallion Ridge series. Yes. I got it right. Yay. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about that. It is a... Man, it's a Western shifter action-adventure male-male romance, um, but the shifters are kind of unconventional. Instead of it being werewolves and that kind of things, it's like centaurs and mermen and manticores and stuff like that. So I went with more mythology-based shifters this time around, but it's Western, so it's like cowboy centaurs and stuff like that. So Is that your very first time out as a as an author yeah very first that's awesome yeah how's that experience been putting that into your your uh, resume and into your life it's 
been fun like kind of that nerve-sided fun like when we started the podcast it was like well if nobody watches it or listens to it man it's still fun we're doing it for ourselves but coming like putting a story out into the ether and hoping that people like it is I mean you know yeah it's, it's like pulling your heart out and being like do you like it <laughs> will you rate it on Amazon for me like it's 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 been great because I, I have had positive feedback which is fantastic but every time I go and check like the Facebook group or anything I just I'm always like oh, do I, does anybody read it so it's it's been awesome and terrifying all at the same time what was your inspiration to create Stallion Ridge so when I first started thinking about it I was texting Jess uh, Jess because um I always do that with everything. And I was working as a 911 operator at the time. And so I was steeped in law enforcement and I, I live in Dallas. So cowboys are a thing all the time. So I forgot what we were talking about, but it came, it was a joke about somebody being like a cowboy sheriff. And then somehow they ended up a centaur and it was like, ha ha. And I was like, actually, I think I could do something with that. So it, like <laughs> we, we like morphed it into this thing. And, and um, you know, Jess has been helping me with this basically being my soundboard of like this and you know helping me along with the story so it started out as a joke and now it's like this great world that we're I adore and the characters are fantastic and you know Jess is super invested in it with me so yeah <laughs> two books now is that right yeah two books and how what do you see for the continuation of the series I think I've got seven seven plotted out yeah nice so and as you write, plotter, pantser, somewhere in between? I am a pantser, and because of that, it drives Jess crazy. Because she often is like, can you please just write an outline? I'm like, no, I refuse. So it's been an adventure, but I'm pure pantser. Like, I just go, and we'll see what happens. When's so. the next one going to come out? Hopefully either December or January, if okay. I can bang it out in time. All so, right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Jess, Jess, you're not Jess. You're Marky. <laughs> I got the series right, messed up the name. <laughs> Marky, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank and so uh, we will see you uh, on the podcast waves. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube. I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.